Welcome to a special online edition of Countdown to Kickoff for Alpine Credits on 630Ched.com. It's the return of Mike Riley. Six years, the face of the franchise in Edmonton. He signed with BC as a free agent in the offseason and tonight returns for the first time as the Eskimos play host to the BC Lions. Riley's not the only former Eskimo returning to Edmonton tonight. About a dozen others, including Grey Cup champions Aaron Grimes, Odell Willis, John White, and Adam Konar. But the focus is on the return of quarterback Mike Riley. I spent six great years in Edmonton and enjoyed every every minute that I was there through ups and downs and, and a lot of life-changing experiences both on and off the field. Obviously on the football field, winning a Grey Cup and an MOP and, and just being a part of six different teams because it truly is a different team every single year. Uh, going back to Edmonton um, is obviously going to bring back a ton of those memories. Um, it, it honestly, being this early in the season, doesn't really feel like I've been gone for that long, even though, you know, of course, I've been a part of the BC Lions since February and going through the, the off season and training camp and, and now one regular season game. Um, you know, but it, it, I'm glad that it's happening early. If it was uh, later in the year, um, you know, it, it'd probably be a little bit different experience, but I'm excited to go back again. A lot of great memories in Commonwealth Stadium. The Lions fell in week one to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The Eskimos were winners over the Montreal Alouettes. It's time now for Blake's Takes, brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings. Visit directworkwear.com. Blake, returning personnel for this uh, BC Lions team that were former Eskimos, it's an incredible number. Twelve players, two coaches, a president, a GM, two scouts, really an unheard-of situation. Yeah, they, uh, over the last couple of years, have... Um taken an awful lot of former Edmonton Eskimos and and uh, that's going to be interesting for them to you know to come into to Edmonton it was last year we talked about this a bit last year but but of course Mike Riley makes that uh, upsy ante on on the, the type of players that they they have there being a, a former MOP and leading passing leader in the league it's going to be an interesting it's going to be interesting for Mike because this was his home for five years and and uh, and he really enjoyed his time here and the Eskimos enjoyed his time here and now he's coming here as one of the one of the enemy and he's coming to face a defense that in the in the short sample size that we've seen of him this year is going to be a one of the best defenses in this league so uh, coming off the 50 in the 50 percent range in passing last week and uh, 325 yards or somewhere in that range of offense it's going to be a challenge for BC coming in here, and, and it'll be interesting to see how they how they handle the type of, type of pressure that they're going to see when they get here. Uh, you uh, usually have a story for every situation I can throw at you, but you played every game you played for the Eskimos. You never went back anywhere to play against an old team, so it's uh, it's kind of a, a situation that's that's foreign to you. But it's got to be uh, incredibly emotional, I would think, for Riley, as you talked about. He had so much success here. He had uh, a good time here. It's not that he wanted to leave here. He just wanted a better situation with his family and. You know, and he obviously makes BC a better team because he goes there. So it's a, it's a weird situation indeed. Uh, I wonder how the fans are going to react to it. I, I'm assuming a long, loud ovation at the start of the game for Mike Riley and then a big cheer the first time he gets sacked. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some people that give him a boo. I mean, uh, you know, he did choose to leave here. I mean, it was his choice completely, and he, he chose it for, for, you know, noble reasons and all that stuff, but but he decided he didn't want to be a part of this organization anymore. He wanted to go to BC, and there are still people here that uh, that think that, uh, uh, you know, the, the general manager in BC raiding the Eskimos a little bit, uh, you know, so it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think there's an awful lot of people that have ill feelings towards Riley, let's put it that way, but there's going to be some some people that are not going to be warm to him coming back or, 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 or going to 
relish in his him not having success. Yeah, I hope he gets a nice long ovation, and then uh, the Eskimo fans can enjoy an Eskimo win. I think that's the best way for uh, for everyone to go home happy except for BC and Mike Riley. On the other side of it, uh, Trevor Harris pointed out this week, I don't, he doesn't play linebacker for the Lions. I don't play linebacker for the Eskimos. We are not out on the field uh, at the same time. As much as he can say that, he's always going to be compared. Yeah, well, the, the comparisons will be there, but as far as this head-to-head matchup yeah. that people have been talking about, that's just, it's just not a, a reasonable thing to consider. Um, Trevor Harris... In, again, in the short period of time that we've seen him and talked to him, he is a very focused quarterback, and he is focused about – and his his key is the wins, and, and much like Riley was. Uh, but Trevor Harris is uh, – you know, he, he just I – don't, I don't care what they do. I'm going to go out and do my job and do it the best of my ability. And last last week, the, the help that he got from his offense and his receivers – I mean, you don't, you don't throw in the 70 percentage comp- for completion ratio and have a 136 uh, quarterback rating and, and – um, uh, and have the yards that he had without the help of great play from the offensive line. Of course, C.J. Gable having the, the game that he had, and both those guys being players of the week. So, uh, so that's, I mean, that's going to be tough for them to re- duplicate. But I think, you know, with, with what B.C. was uh, unable to do uh, with the running game of Winnipeg, you know, I think the offensive line and C.J. Gable got to be licking the chops coming into this game, thinking that they, they might be have a, a good deal of success on the ground. And, uh, and the other thing is, BC only getting four yards of uh, on the on the ground with what five carries uh, four yards four carries four yards whatever it was they're going to have a little bit more of an effort to, to try to run the ball. Mike Riley had an awful lot of success in Edmonton as an Eskimo, but last week Trevor Harris did something that Mike Riley did not do, and that was put up 600 yards in offense. First Eskimo quarterback since Danny McManus to do that. Uh, nice for him to get off to a good start and. You want to win every game, but I imagine he really wants to make sure things go well for him this game because if it goes the other way, then there's going to be not from within the room and not with him, but there will be questions to answer. Yeah, no, six, 600 yards is a special number for, for an offense to put up. And you've got to remember, too, is that you know he was uh, 447 yards of passing and, and uh, all he's doing is handing the ball off to C.J. Gable. So that offensive line and C.J. Gable and the receivers that are do, involved in the blocking did an outstanding job uh, and, I, you know, a lot of it had to do with the personnel they were playing. A lot of it had to do with, you know, the calls that were made by the, the coaching staff. Um, but the players still had to go out there and execute. And that, that you know, those things don't happen very often. I, I, I can't remember the last time there was a 600-yard game in the CFL uh, for offense. So, that, so that's a special, a special moment. But keep in mind that in spite of all of that, Montreal still tied the game with a couple minutes to go. And it was, you know, it was nail-biting right down to the end. So, so the thing that the Eskimos want to do, regardless of how many yards they put up, I, I would guess Trevor Harris would be happy with 285 yards of offense and scoring 40 points. So, so it's, it's all about what they do to finish. And that's what the Eskimos got to be better at. They got to be better at their, uh, uh, their they can't take the penalties that they took. Uh, and uh, they certainly got to finish your drives. Missed field goal and, and a fumble down in the five. So, so that, that's got to be better this week. All right, let's throw all the Mike Riley stuff out, all the ex-Eskimo stuff out, all of last week out. Uh, what's kind of going under the radar, I think, today, is this a pretty big game for week two of the season? The Lions are 0-1, the Eskimos are 1-0. The West is supposed to be a, a tremendous battle all season long. If you can get a two-game jump on an opponent, mm-hmm. that's a pretty big jump early in the season. Well, you know, with, with Calgary losing, and if Calgary wins the next game, if BC were to win, then, then you get a whole bunch of teams at 1-1, Saskatchewan lost. So, so you're right. Like, they could get a jump on three of the teams if they win this game. And, and uh, it's, it, it may be a challenge to, to keep pace with Winnipeg. And Winnipeg won their first game, I think, Edmonton would like to be in that position where they're sharing first place or they're in first place if Winnipeg doesn't doesn't win. So 
uh, huge game. We always say this, all the games are big. I mean, Edmonton won the first seven last year, and then they lost their last bunch. So, so every game is important, and you forget how important they are in first and second games of the season. So, you know, when you only play 18, they're all important, and this one would really be uh, helpful to them getting a leg up on the season. Time now to hear from Eskimos head coach Jason Moss, standing by with Dave Campbell. Thank you, Morley Coach. You're on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. The Eskimos and the BC Lions chance for you to go 2-0. and uh, last week, a big win last week over the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, amazing offense with the for, uh, performance. Defense played pretty well. He had that, you know, a little bit of a, uh, hiccups there in the fourth quarter, but you're able to find uh, a way to win. And, you know, it's never too early in the season to face adversity, probably. Huh? No, not at all. <laughs> and we, we talk about character in our locker room and character in our organization. And when you win like that, those are character wins. And we talk to our team a lot about it that we'll win a lot of those games because of the, the way we do things in this building and the way we are. We, we focus on process and not, you know, the end result of things. And so we know we have to play everything to, for 60 minutes and think positively during mm-hmm. that 60 minutes. So when it was tied with two minutes to go, I don't think anybody on our sideline was panicking. I think everybody felt very comf- confident that we'd be able to pull it out, believing in each other and all mm-hmm. those things. And I think anytime you can do that and the end result is a positive, mm-hmm. it just makes that belief grow. Yeah. And I think that's what you're going to see and what you've seen already uh, from our team. Tell me what this week was like. You have a big game coming up here, here tonight against the Lions. You know who's coming back. You have 13 former Eskimos led by Mike Riley. Um, you had a rain practice. It's been a little bit of everything, emotional week, uh, adversity, even with the weather. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't put a lot of stock into the emotional side of yeah. things because those are 13 guys coming back here, and our guys could care less, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. We talked about it this week that we're, they're a faceless opponent as far as we're concerned. Mm-hmm. Yes, we know them, but we want the guys who signed up to play in Edmonton are here. So the guys that went other places, they're there. And so there's no emotional aspect to this other than we're, we want to be 1-0 this week. We want to be 2-0 on the season. We want to defend our turf against a Western opponent. So we could care, care less that it's Mike Riley and the rest of them coming in. Um, I say that in one hand. The other hand is, yeah, it's, it's Mike's first time coming in the building. But at the end of the day, our guys honestly are more prepared and more thinking about ourselves. We're a close team. Our, our guys love to come to build, work every day. We've talked about a lot that this is a close-knit group that plays for one another. So when you're playing for one another, you could care less about the guys you're playing against. And I think that's what you're going to see this week. Our guys want to play well, and they're going to be emotional for the simple fact that they get to play another game with each other mm-hmm. and play in front of our fans, not against an opponent. And it's your first divisional game. And divisional games are always important. Yeah, exactly. So, But like I said, I, I think what you're going to find from this team and what we're going to preach all year is you should be just as excited to play this game as you are to play Ottawa five weeks from now right. or somebody else ten weeks from now. Every game is important. It's the one that, that week that is the most important. It's the day-to-day to prepare and all that that you should be thinking about, not necessarily about your emotions and how they are going to be. I, I firmly believe, and I'm one of those guys that has wears their emotion on their sleeve. Mm-hmm. So I really believe that football is played with an emotion, a, a certain emotional state of mind. And if you're the type of guy that wants to be emotional and plays better emotionally, then great, get jacked up. Mm-hmm. But if you're the kind of guy that needs to be even killed, be even killed. At the end of the day, it's know yourself and play that way. Um, and then obviously support and be a great teammate for the rest. Well, the injury list is longer than anyone would like, especially yourself. Well, you got Don Yanamba and Anthony Orange added to the six-game injured list. So that means you're going to see a lot of players that you saw in training camp in two preseason games. Josh Johnson, Tyquan Glass are going to figure in the starting lineup. And you got, uh, I know Johnson was there last week, but at a position that he's been at 
uh, for most of the season in the early going at corner. you got Brian Walker, who's seen some time at Sam. So what did you see out of all three of those players that gives you the confidence that you're going to be all right? Well, I'll say this. They're still, they were still in Edmonton, so obviously we think very highly of them. Obviously, they're starters. the other guys were starters for a reason. But at times, what the other guys need is an opportunity. And I think that's what you're going to see with Johnson, Taekwon, and Walker playing now mm-hmm. at those new positions, um, which, again, aren't too new to them because they, they just got done a training camp where that's where they played solely. So, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like we feel very confident that, that they possess the qualities on defense. They are able to cover. They play physical. They run fast. They look for the ball. You know, we wouldn't be putting them out there if we didn't expect re- good results. So, you know, but at the end of the day, that's who we're playing with. We're excited about it. And, again, it's going to make us a deeper team in the future. Jason, thank you for this. All the best here tonight. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're listening to a special online edition of Countdown to Kickoff on 630Ched.com, brought to you by Alpine Credits. Game time tonight is 7 o'clock for the Eskimos and the BC Lions. You'll hear the game live on 630Ched. We'll head to Vancouver for the Oilers' first-round pick during the game. You can hear complete coverage of the NHL draft on Global News Radio 880 Edmonton. Time now for the stat story brought to you by Arcan Trailer and RV, Alberta's favorite RV dealer since 1977. Trevor Harris and Mike Riley do not play against each other in this game, but they will be the focus. Let's look back at their week last week, their first with their new teams. Harris completed 78% of his passes for 447 yards, three touchdowns, and a TD rushing. Mike Riley, the only other quarterback in week one to go over 300 yards passing, he had 324 yards, but completed completed just 56% of his passes and threw two interceptions. He also had one touchdown run. And very uncharacteristic of Mike Riley, he did not run with the ball once. It's only week one, but the stats are good for the Eskimos offense. Harris leads the league in passing yards and touchdown passes. Ricky Collins Jr. is the league's leading receiver. And C.J. Gable leads the league in rushing. Harris says now they have to do it all over again. I mean, the question marks are answered for week one, but they're back up for week two. Uh, and that's how pro football is. It's a week-to-week thing. Uh, you're only as good as you were yesterday and what you are doing right now. And so uh, make no mistake about it, we won last week, but we're, we're turning a page. It's not about last week. It's about how can we can improve from last week and win this week. Now let's hear from Morley Scott, who spoke with Mike Riley yesterday upon his return to Commonwealth Stadium. Mike, I don't think you've worn a hat on uh, walkthrough day in Edmonton before, have you? That's right. That's right, man. I hadn't even thought about that. This is the first time for everything. Usually sitting uh, in the Kubota doing the pregame show with you, I'm wearing uh, shorts and a T-shirt and freshly done with walkthrough. Now I'm in a suit and a hat and got off a plane. It it's definitely feels a little different. Was it like walking into Commonwealth Stadium? Uh, it was strange. Um for sure, but it was fun. You know, I knew that uh, this day was going to be coming at some point. Um, you know, but being on the bus while they back it down the down the hill, down the tunnel. Um, you know, and then unloading into the visiting locker room, and then uh, walking through those doors, which is not an area of the the stadium that I'm generally at, uh, was a little different. Um, but it feels good. It feels good to be here. I'm excited to play the game. Um, you know, and again, like I said, this is a, a date that was going to come at some point on the schedule. So, um, you know, glad that's happening right now. You uh, have been on the visitors' sidelines before. You haven't started here as a visitor before. What do you remember about that uh, the game last time you were a visitor here? Well, I mean, I think I I think we 
been in this field with me as a part of the BC Lions a couple of times, two or three times. I know we played a preseason game in here. I remember being the holder when the, the long snapper skipped it back to me and and uh, we had to chase a guy down like 80 yards and I was dead tired after that. Um, but my first experience in the stadium as a visiting player was uh, during a game where there was a massive lightning storm and they had the, they sent us in the locker rooms midway through the second quarter. We were in there for about 45 minutes and then they brought us out. We played the rest of the second quarter, had about a two-minute break, stayed on the field for halftime, and then immediately began the second half. So had some interesting experiences uh, outside of being an Edmonton Eskimo here in the stadium, but, um, you know, looking forward to a good one. What was week one last week like for you? Uh, that was It was fun to be out on the field and play with my team for the first time for a full four quarters. Um, it was exciting because we, we showed some things that I, I knew that we were capable of um, in terms of uh, being explosive offensively. Um, but it was also frustrating at times uh, because I know that we're such a new team and, and we're still trying to build um, chemistry and, and come together and, and have, you know, a championship caliber team and you have to have some some experiences that you learn from in order to get to that point um, you know but there was things that we were lacking in for sure that um, you know we're not that we're not capable of but we just didn't execute as well as we should have in certain areas so uh, it was good to see little pieces like when you play golf uh, and you haven't played for a while and you go out there and you hit a couple of bombs down the middle of the, of the fairway and you feel really good about it and you go yeah okay this is why I love golf and then you know you shank your shot into the bunker in front of the green and you go Oh man, I got to be better than that if we want to if we want to score well, you know. And so that's kind of what it felt like in week one. But it's a process for sure, and and I'm excited about it. Fred Stamps, Darius Bowman, Darrell Walker, Brandon Zilstra, Duke Williams, now Brian Burnham and uh, Duran Carter. Uh, you've had some pretty good receivers to throw the football to. Uh, what does it take to get used to new guys? Yeah, I mean, those are some great names for sure. And and some of those guys uh, were established when I started playing with them. Some of them were you know, quote unquote, nobodies uh, that, that built themselves a, a great reputation through their hard work. Um, but building chemistry with those guys, it, it's a process always. It's not something that just happens. You have to work at it. It takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, and, and both on the field and in the film room. And it takes a guy at the wide receiver position that wants to be great and is willing to put that time and effort in. And all of those guys have those characteristics that, uh, you know, that I'm talking about, the people that you just mentioned. And so um, I've been blessed to play with them for sure. Um, you know, I'd like to believe that I probably made their job a little easier at wide receiver, uh, you know, because we were on the same page. Um, but none of that happens if without their abilities, and all of those guys have tremendous abilities. So uh, getting to play with, with Brian and Duran and Lamar and Shaq uh, here with the BC Lions, that's been an awesome experience so far because they all are in that mold. They all want to spend time in the film room. They all want to work together off the, off the field, on the field, spend a ton of time together, um, you know, and, and I do think that that's a group that has a lot of, uh, great things in store for them in the future. I know one first you have with a receiver this year. It's the first time you've played with a receiver who wrote and recorded a song about you. Yeah, that's right. Well, at least any that I've heard about. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe Fred's holding out on us. Yeah, man, you never know. You know, Maybe there's something will come out of the woodwork with Fred. Yeah, he was definitely that type of guy. Um, and I did see that Fred was in town last week. He had a little more gray in his beard than I do, so good for him. Um, yeah, no, that's, uh, I mean, Duran, Duran's been a lot of fun to play with so far. He's, uh, he's a guy that I think is a bit misunderstood, um, but I think he'd be the first one to tell you too that uh, you know some of the some of the issues that he's 
dealt with in the past were self-inflicted. Um, so he's certainly not without blame, but, uh, you know, I only judge people on my experiences with them and, uh, it's been nothing but, uh, but positives with him. He's a great talent, a great athlete. Um, but he's a good guy. You know, he wants us to do well. He wants his teammates to do well. Um, and he wants to have fun while he's playing. So, you know, I, I do, I do think that he's, uh, approached this situation the right way and I think it'll pay off for him. Last one for you. How different of a style, especially the personnel is very different. How different of a style uh, of defense do the Eskimos play now compared to what you practice against for the last couple of years? Yeah, the personnel is certainly different. I mean, you know, the front the front D linemen are, are you know, mostly the same. And, and, you know, I had to deal with them for six years. And, and so I know that that's a strength of the defense for sure. Uh, the back end, there are some new pieces. There are also some young guys in, in uh, you know, like Money, um, that that are starters now that uh, you know were playing different positions last year or maybe backups, but they're starting now. Uh, Godfrey, another one, right? Um, you know, but linebacking personnel is all new. Um, but you know, you got some veterans that have played in this league before, so uh, the personnel is different. But obviously, Lolly is a guy that I know. He was on our coaching staff in '14 and '15. I have a ton of respect for him. Uh, I think he's a great coach and a very a very fun guy to be around. Uh, but he's aggressive too, you know. And this is not his first gig as a DC in this league. Uh, he spent time in Hamilton, being the D coordinator there, partway through the season, and so uh, kind of got a feel for his style. But watching, um, not necessarily the preseason, but watching the first regular season game against Montreal, they're more aggressive than they have been in the past, which uh, I think is bodes well for them. Um, you know, but with every defense, there's weaknesses, and and Edmonton certainly has theirs, and it's our job as as the opposing team to figure out what they are and try to exploit them. Mike, thanks for this. As always, uh, good to see you. Uh, enjoy this game. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's the Eskimos and BC Lions on the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. It's time now for the injury report brought to you by Mustara and Company, personal injury lawyers, extensive knowledge, unwavering dedication. And with the injury report, uh, Dave Campbell joins us now. Dave, it's happening again, it seems. Uh, the Eskimos... Uh, Two more players going on the six-game injured list. Is it 2017 or is this really 2019? But, man, yeah, uh, Don Yanamba, linebacker, Sam linebacker, uh, injured on the final play of the first half against the Montreal Alouettes last week. Upper body injury, had the MRI this week. He's on the six-game injured list. And Anthony Orange, who also played last week after uh, he and Javon Santos-Knox missed uh, pretty much all of training camp with uh, injuries. He played last week. He practiced day one in, on Monday. Didn't see him the last two days. He's on the six-game injured list as well. Uh, Javon Santos-Knox doing more work in practice, but uh, will not be available for tonight. He's still in the one game. Alex Bazzi, same deal. And uh, DeVars Daniels is off the injured list. He's on the 46-man roster. Not sure if he gets in tonight or not. Uh, He could be a scratch, but uh, he is doing more work, and he's getting much closer. Brock Sunderland and the Eskimos made the right moves at free agency time. The problem is they haven't been able to get those guys on the field. That's, what, four guys? Guys, a couple of guys haven't played a game yet, and four guys are on on the injured list. So it's uh, it's it's the right moves, but they can't get them on the field right now. No, you know, and on paper this was an amazing defense. Now it's a defense that's going to be tested for sure. You look at that secondary, and uh, they have three guys that played really well in training camp in Josh Johnson, Tyquan Glass, and Brian Walker. But now they're going to be tested, right? And you know. The quarterback on the other side of the fence here to here tonight, Mike Riley. He's he's going to see the depth chart and he's going to he's probably going to test that group. So, it's uh, it's tough, but you know I I guess if there's a silver lining, these injuries are happening early, a lot like 2017. 
and you hope that they're going to be a much stronger team in the second half. They just got to weather this storm, and and they've they've done it before. They got to do it now. You touched on Devers Daniels. Uh, he's off the injured list. He's on the active roster. He might be the scratch for the game uh, tonight, but obviously he's closer to returning. And he's a guy I'm real excited to see play. Yeah, me too. And when he plays, he's he's outstanding. But it's the problem is doesn't play very much. He's missed a lot of time in his in his three years here in the CFL. So, but when he plays, he's kind of like the Swiss Army knife. Who, you know, he's going to probably line up on that. Uh, on that uh, short side receiver spot, uh, the wideout spot. So, you know, he's going to be asked to do a lot of things. And, you know, whether it's to, to go deep, whether it's to, to hit uh, quick hitters on slants or on, on in routes or crossers or, you know, uh, the, the, the balls to the flat. And he's going to be asked to do a lot of things. And I know he's someone that Trevor Harris is very excited to work with. So, but he is getting closer. He's working out. Uh, I think the team, considering the time of year that it is, it's, it is only week two. And I know there's a lot of fans that really want to see him. I know we want to see him. I think they're, they're, because of the time of the year, the Eskimos are afforded the, 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 uh, the opportunity just to kind of wait a little bit. I guess the uh, the object is to have them all play in September, October, November. I think everybody would be happy at that point. Yeah, I mean these games are important, but we know there's a there's a marked difference first half to second half. Second half is when you make your run. First half is where you want to try and put, you know, you or get yourself in position. But like we saw it last year, I mean the Eskimos were six and three. Nine games in, and they were three and six to end the season. Nine and nine, they lost out of the playoffs. So it's you know it's really holding serve in the first half and getting really uh, prepared for the second half and, and make your run. So you know that's the silver lining to all this. I think hopefully, hopefully they become much healthier in uh, in, in the second half of the year. Week one was a big success for the Eskimos offensively. Let's hear now from quarterback Trevor Harris, who helped produce over 600 yards in offense setting the bar pretty high for week number two. We don't look at it as that it's a it's a new week and we just want to focus on this week's process and you know some game plans are going to be you know we may go for a lot of yards through the air with sometimes we may go for a lot of yards uh, through the ground and it's all about just you know sticking to our game plan sticking to our plan and not flinching and uh, you know if if it happens like it did last week then that'd be amazing but I mean that type of offensive output I think somebody told me it wasn't been 22 years I think since we've had 600 yards so I'm not sure that's the norm but if it is that'd be unbelievable but uh, we'll just we'll just keep focusing on the process. On a side note Danny McManus the last quarterback to engineer 600 yards with the Eskimos uh, a comforting to to get the win and have success and play the way you did in week one with so many new faces and new systems for everybody? Certainly I think uh, it's just a confidence factor for the guys and you know even though we're all bought in and we understand that you know we're we're all better together but i think we can see that when we go out and execute when we have good walkthroughs and when we focus on the process throughout the week those are the things that help you perform on game day it's not so much just rolling the ball on game day and and executing so we just want to make sure that we stay focused on the process and uh, stay hungry for the details stay hungry for the you know being tenacious and getting out there and taking the fight to them the Eskimos signed a lot of high-profile free agents in the offseason. Ricky Collins Jr. kind of went under the radar in those signings. 175 yards later, he's above the radar now. Yeah, he's a he's a guy that I've been watching since since his rookie year, and I've uh, they always used to joke with me in Ottawa when we'd watch him on film. I'm like, watch Ricky Collins here. I bet you he wins. And, and they'd be like, oh, look at your boy Trev. And like, so you know, it's I'm glad to finally have him on my team. And 
uh, we're able to utilize his strengths and, and you know try and maximize his ceiling the best we can. And Ricky's uh, one of those guys. He's a worker. Um, he takes it very seriously, and he wants to he wants to be great. And you know he deserves to be great. And you know 175 every week. I'm not sure that happens, but again, you know maybe he goes for 250. You don't know, but like it's sometimes they're going to go for 50. But that's kind of just how this offense rolls. Is sometimes you have few catches, sometimes you have a lot, sometimes you have a lot of yards, sometimes you don't. But it's a team deal. A lot of focus on the former Eskimos returning in this game, of course, headlined by Mike Riley. Uh, has it been difficult to kind of keep that out of the discussion point? I know it's big for the media, it's big for the fans this week. Have you had a discussion point about that in the dressing room at all? I honestly haven't thought about it just because I don't play against him and not that I don't care about Mike, but it doesn't mean a lot to me for him to come back. That's more for his side. And so I'm just more focused on offensively what we need to do, how we can focus up, how we can be efficient. And I'm just focused on loving my teammates and leading the best I can and, you know, performing in the best that I can to, to maximize the ability of my teammates and leading like Jesus. That's kind of just where I'm at with it. What do you know about the BC defense? Uh, they're fast. They're physical. Um, they they give you a number of looks, and they're gonna they're gonna create some turnovers this year because they do a lot of great things that do that to you. And anytime you have Clay Brooks and Stubler putting their minds together, um, that's a that that can be a bunch that can really do some damage. So uh, we have a high level of respect for them, but we're just gonna go out tomorrow and execute as best we can. Lots of rain this week for practice. How has that affected the preparation? And what's your mindset going into a possible rain game? Uh, we're just going to be ready for it mentally. And, you know, as long as you can play the game in your mind the day before, uh, visualize, visualize success, visualize yourself overcoming adversity, visualize yourself throwing it in the rain, you know, so that way when you go out there, you've already done it mentally. You've just got to go through it physically. And so that's where we're at when we're at with it. We've talked a bit about it, you know, how things adjust and what we need to do in the rain and how we need to just, you know, focus on the process and don't flinch, you know, when things like that happen. And so we're going to go out there tomorrow and just do our deal. Trevor, thanks for this. Good luck. Thank you, brother. It's time now for Head to Head, brought to you by PAI Medical Group, Hair Restoration Clinic. Restore your hair, restore your life. It's the Eskimos and the BC Lions on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium tonight. Uh, Blake, we talked a lot about Mike Roddy versus Trevor Harris. That's not our head-to-head matchup because it's actually not even a matchup tonight. There'll be comparisons, I'm sure, but the head-to-head matchup you want to talk about does involve Mike Riley. Yeah, it's it's how Mike Riley um, handles the uh, the defensive pressure, the different style of defense that the, the Eskimos are playing this year, as opposed to what they would have played last year with Mike Benavides. You know, and 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 that's a little bit of a challenge with their with their uh, offensive line because they do have some new faces over there. When you look at the Eskimos' offensive line. Uh, the Eskimos offensive line, with the exception of Ruby being in there. Ruby was here last year, so the, these guys all kind of know each other. But there was Suk Chung co- going into BC. There has, has been some changes in that with, their, with that group. So, so how they handle the pressure that they're going to see, how they handle the looks they're going to see, is going to be a challenge. Because We know Mike Riley can pick up a blitz. We know Mike Riley is really good at hitting his reads. But we also know that he has a tendency to hang on to the ball a little bit longer. So if the Eskimos can have the coverage for that, you know, that first couple seconds, that may be enough for the pressure to get there. So he's going to have to be really, really sharp to be able to pick those things up against this defense. That's where I see the, my challenges for, for BC. Yeah, Mike Riley uncharacteristically did not run the ball once last week against Winnipeg. I don't know if the pressure wasn't there from the Blue Bombers. They'll certainly get more pressure, I think, from the Eskimos than maybe he got from the Blue Bombers. They'll want to run the ball more with John White, but I would think that the more that the Eskimos front four can get to Riley, the more he's going to run and the more probably John White's going to have to run. 
Yeah, and, that, and well, the thing is, is that if you're sending pressure like the Eskimos do, they fill up every gap. And, and maybe that's what Winnipeg was doing, was sending guys and filling up the gaps, and that way Mike can't run as much. So he, and that's one of the things you really got to be careful with, is you, you know that he's got, he'll, he'll use his legs. He's not afraid to do that. Uh, if he uses his legs and they can open up some seams, he's going to make it a different, uh, different challenge for this defense. So that's, you know, that's the key. Stay in your lanes for the Eskimos defense. Stay in the lanes. Take away the running options, for the escapability of Mike Riley. But also you want to get pressure on him so that it rush, either rushes his throws and keeps him in that 56% completion percentage, keep him in that range. And if they do, the, the Eskimos will have some success. And Dave, I know pressure from the front four, maybe the front seven, also kind of plays into what you want to talk about for your head-to-head matchup. And that involves a, a new-look Eskimos defensive backfield. Yeah, because I, we all know Mike Riley, and he likes to throw the ball deep and challenge secondaries. And it doesn't matter if it's uh, first string or, you know, it's, it's depth that he's facing. But he's going to see on the depth chart Josh Johnson, Taekwon Glass on the short side of the field. He's going to see Brian Walker at the SAM. He's going to see Godfrey Onyeka at the, at the field corner. You know, he, he knows... He knows who's out there, and he's going to test them. And they have to be really cognizant, those, those, uh, those five men and six men, because you've got to include the Sam in there with Brian Walker. They've got to be really, you know, really prepared to hang in there, right? And I talked to Forrest Hightower this week, and I said, what's the key? He says, well, you know he's going to throw the ball downfield. He's just going to do it. So you may have to lock on to your receiver maybe a tad longer than normal. But you have to stay with him because Mike Riley last week, I mean, he had 12 attempts of 20 yards or more. He only completed three, but he's going to go deep into what Blake says. He likes to hold on to the football uh, for as long as he can to get what he wants, too. So if he gets what he wants, going to be a long night for this Eskimo defense. But if the pressure gets to him, and I think early on, you you got to find a way to hit him a few times, right? Um, if that happens and you force him to hang on to the football, uh, more than, than he wants to. you got chances to get, get some plays on him. But don't let him get what he wants. That's the, that's, that's the key. Wasn't very successful going deep, Blake, but he's going to be successful going deep once the chemistry builds because he's got Brian Burnham and Deron Carter, two of the best in the business, with their hands and going deep. Yeah, he, he's got some weapons over there. But, uh, again, in order to go deep, you have to have time to do that. And uh, if he's not getting the time, then you're going to see the completion percentage that he had, what, th- 3 out of 24 to 20. I, I can't remember what Dave said, but it's going to be something that it's going to be difficult for him to, to live with, live by. So, so what I, we saw this happen with Hamilton last year is when they, when they played Hamilton here in Edmonton, Hamilton basically took away everything short and said throw deep, and that's the highest uh, percentage of, or it's the lowest percentage in completion uh, going deep. So that must have been what Winnipeg's strategy was last week. And I wouldn't, and part of that is get in his face, get in his face, make him throw the. Sh- he's got to make the short read, the the quick the quick read, the the hot reads, and and then because he doesn't have time to go deep. If if they are able to pick that stuff up, like Dave said, it could be a long day. The Eskimos and the BC Lions tonight on the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Live Eskimo coverage on 6.30. Ched, tonight we will be uh, heading to Vancouver for the Oilers' first-round pick as well during our broadcast. If you want wall-to-wall NHL draft coverage, it's on 6.30, Ched, before the game from 4 till 7 and on Global News Radio 880 Edmonton starting at 6 o'clock. The Eskimos and Lions kick it off on 6.30, Ched, at 7. That's it for this special edition of Countdown to Kickoff, brought to you by Alpine Credits. Thanks for joining us on 630Ched.com. The Eskimos and Lions kick off from the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium at 7 o'clock, live on 630Ched.